Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. That's right. You hear correctly. I am back. Illegal 86. I came back because it's uh, November. Remember, remember the month of November. Is that That's like, not how it goes. No. What is the actual thing? It's the 5th of November. Is it the 5th? The treason. Okay. Yeah, it's the treason and gunpowder plot. I went to school. I mean, so did I, like, it's somewhere in the depths of my brain, but I couldn't remember it. I don't know what the gunpowder plot was. This was Poe, right? I'm pretty sure this was Poe. What? Like Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, wasn't it? No, No. it's like a, it's a rhyme to remember an actual historical event, but I don't. It's also something to do with like V for Vendetta, correct? Yeah. I think V for Vendetta is about the gunpowder plot, but I could be wrong about that too. I don't we're so uncultured we need to we need i've been told yeah i've been told a lot that i'm supposed to see that movie like i would like it a lot and also like nerdbomber you're like a big natalie portman fan why have you not seen that movie i really good is she in it yeah she's in it she's like that she's like the main character are you serious i thought yeah (laughs) oh god okay i'll probably i'll end up watching that it's based on guy fox okay now that's coming back it's coming back from like an art class i took way back in the day Welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, we got we got Tectic, Nerd Bomber, Illegal 86 here. It's Turkey Month. We're going to be in, you could argue this is early. We I, I think we've discussed the various schools of thought we have on like injecting Christmas related content like into our lives in general. November 1st. Like, that's when Mariah Carey busts out of nowhere and she's like, I'm here, bitches. Bitches. <laughs> so you're saying when this episode goes live, you're gonna be like wearing a Santa hat, like the whole the whole thing. Because I don't agree with that. I, I want to just go on record right away. We usually do put our Christmas decorations up before Thanksgiving, but not like November first. Let me be no, clear. No, it's like mid November. I can prob- I can get there, with but it's that. because like, we it, don't. It's, it's tough because we don't celebrate Thanksgiving like at our house. We go we go other right. places abroad. Right. I, I struggle with it because I was definitely raised in a like. It was a cardinal sin. Like, it was a house rule. Like, not until, like, Thanksgiving, while you're eating the turkey, you can start playing Christmas music. That is when it's allowed, essentially. And, like, society in general, you're totally right. Society in general does not agree with that. Mariah Carey does not agree with that at all. Like, it'll be, it probably, some, there's probably the Mariah Carey song is probably playing somewhere right now. And it's not even Halloween yet, as we're recording this, by the way. Well, let me, let me be clear. My justification is because all of our storage is under a staircase. And to get one thing out, you have to basically take everything out. And so to put away Halloween stuff, I'm not about to just put away half of it and just have okay. what the fall Thanksgiving stuff left out is. I'm just going to switch because it's a lot of work. If I had like more storage, that, it'd that be a different sense. story. I like the thing. And as much as I just said, like Thanksgiving is the rule. Like, I don't know, especially this year is my first year having my own house. Like, I I don't know that I'm generally going to abide by that because you don't, it's a matter of how much time, like I, I'm a huge Christmas person. I was raised in a very Christmas centered family and I want more time to like watch Christmas movies, watch all the movies I want to watch, read all the books I want to read, listen to all the music. Enjoy the fruits of your labors too. Like it takes so much time to put all of the decorations up. And then if you only have it up for a month, that's like, also you don't have to turn them on, put them up while the weather's still kind of warm. Right. That's another, that's absolutely another factor. So I I could definitely see myself, I haven't made any concrete decisions on this. I guess I'll update as the month goes on, on the podcast, but like mid-November, maybe where I land too. And also like, this is a fun year because I have some lights, but like, again, this is my first year owning a house. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to be going to like, you know, Home Depot, Target, Walmart, like those kinds of places. And like, just seeing like cultivating a Christmas vibe at my house and like getting a bunch of lights and like, 
I got some I got some thoughts, but I have nothing concrete yet. So again, I'll, I'll update. But it's Turkey Month. We are injecting some holiday spirit into the episode today. We have two Christmas-related topics out of our three news topics. So go ahead and pause it if you need to. Take a moment. Get yourself in a holiday mood, however you plan to do that, or however you can do that. Go right ahead and do it. It's good to be back. Thank you for thank you both for picking up the slack. Uh, while I was gone, I asked before we went on the air here, I asked how it went and I was told, well, the phrase heavy necking was used. And if that's actually true, uh, listener, I apologize. <laughs> I'll try to leave. I'll try to leave less often is, is I guess all we all need I adult really supervision around here. I don't know that I can I can provide that, but I can at least keep you guys from necking. We've talked about this before too, that how stupid the, the word necking is. <laughs> Like it's just rubbing your necks well, together. That's, we, that's what, what we they, say. They, we we do joke do about that time. on the office too. So they were so Nerbomber and Technic were rubbing their necks against the other person's necks, like crickets. Probably wasn't a lot to listen to, honestly. I can't imagine what sound that would make, but you heard it. So I'm back. No more necking. We can we can kind of get right into things here. I think our I think our what are you up to? I have a lot to talk about with what are you up to. So I'm gonna try and leave some maybe more time than usual for that because I have so where I was listener uh, for the past couple weeks i was i was traveling on business because i'm a businessman and i went to california in particular the los angeles area so i you know i was working a lot but i did manage to get into los angeles for one of the weekends i was there and got into some hijinks so i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna get to that later that's just kind of a tease for what comes later we're gonna go through the news first but i'm gonna try and leave a little, a little bit of extra time so i can i can kind of dig into that a little bit so let's start at the start though i want to talk about the santa clauses because we got a trailer in the past week we we had previously gotten kind of a sneak peek first look which i think was just a photo with a bunch of clocks in it we talked about that on the podcast too did some speculating now we got a full trailer for it i have i imagine people think i'm going to come out and just really hack this thing apart and hate it not so let me start by saying that i don't think all of this was bad I'm not even sure most of it was bad. The main, there are two main comments that I have and I'll, and I'll turn it over to you guys, but the two main comments I have is, and I think Disney plus is doing this at large these days and I don't really blame them for it, but like I'm feeling very not marketed to, and I'm finding it unpleasant. And by that, what I mean is I am not a member of Gen Z and I got this palpable sense that there's some Gen Z stuff going on. So that was one thing. See, I don't have a problem with that. I think what makes a movie, especially when you're like, it's a family movie, what makes it like successful is that you have to be able to appeal to all generations. And I think having callbacks, like obviously there's callbacks with the initial cast and everything like that. There will be callbacks that appeal to the older viewers. And then there's going to be stuff that'll suck in the new people. And I think that's good. In my opinion, I, yeah, I, I, I get that. One of our initial skepticisms when they first hinted at this, you know, we, we, we talked about this on a previous episode, was the lack of cast that we know will or will not return. And this trailer now has satisfied basically all of those concerns to say, hey, millennials, right. we remember you. We're calling back all of the people that you love, all of the people that you we know you know need to be in there. So I very much do yeah. feel marketed to in from that aspect. I think from that perspective you're you're right. But what I what I'm concerned about so so we we talked about Hocus Pocus two in the secret segment. And, and and I think this falls into a very similar category to that of like I don't know that like Hocus Pocus and the Santa Claus are things that when they first happened were very much our generation we it, it belonged to our generation. 
right? It was marketed directly to us and it had a certain charm to it that I think is very important. And, you know, Santa Claus 2 came out and it, it retained that. Santa Claus 3, I haven't seen, if I'm being totally honest, but Santa Claus, the Santa Claus, the first one is like, maybe it's in my top five Christmas movies. It's like, it's right up there. It might be even top three. I just love it so much. So I guess what I'm concerned about is, yeah, you're bringing back the same cast. You're trying to cultivate the same atmosphere, but then you're doing things within that atmosphere that just do not match what was there. So I I understand wanting to market to everyone, especially from a business perspective, but also in general, I totally understand wanting to do that. But part of me feels like I'm never going to be satisfied with this because what I would want in that case, if you're going to do a lot of Gen Z stuff, and I know that makes me sound old to even say that. Yeah, I was going to say, this, this sounds stuff, like the classic like, crotchety old man response to anything new. I, I, I will totally own that. If you're going to turn things in that direction, bring in a new cast and make it its own thing. You can call it the Santa Claus if you want. That's not going to bother me as much. But like, isn't that the point of the movie is that this is basically like, in my opinion, what I think this series is setting itself up to do is it's going to bridge the gap between the old Tim Allen Santa Claus and a new one. So I think that's exactly what they need to do. They need to bridge that gap because I pretty much think they're going to be setting up a completely new not necessarily a reboot, but like a new continuation of the Santa Claus. Well, so again, let me highlight and compare that to without trying to without getting into spoiler town, like Hocus Pocus 2, I think did some similar things in terms of trying to bridge that bridge a gap and make a transition. And to my mind, it it failed in a lot of ways to do that. So I'm worried that that's going to happen again. But I think part of the the difference is that like Hocus Pocus 2 only gave you was like an hour and 45 minutes to try to make that connection and draw you into these new characters that you don't normally care about. This is going to be a limited series. So they're going to have at least I think I'm trying to think of Disney Plus shows so I know the Marvel shows started with six episodes, I think, and then they transitioned to eight. And I now I know some of the newer ones now are going to get longer runs because isn't right. Daredevil going to get like double digit episodes? So I don't know how many episodes this is going to be, but they're going to have more time to flesh out these characters and make you care about the new cast that comes in. If they do that remains to That's be seen, point. but like they will have more time to try to make that happen. So I, I think... Then the other point I wanted to make, like what they're building up in, in this trailer. And honestly, I'm glad they didn't show who it is. This is going to live or die by who the new Santa Claus is. And well, I don't know what we we're all know find who, out who that be. is. Do we? The new Santa Claus is not really going to be the new Santa Claus. It's going to be a temporary stint that's going to ultimately end up to passing to the torch to the correct new Santa Claus. What, you think it's going to be Cal Penn? It's absolutely going to be him. He's going to be imperative into helping save the day, quote unquote. But at the end of the day, he still wants to retire. He still wants to spend time with his family. So we know that that's what it's building up to. The big twist is who's the interim evil Santa Claus. Right. I, I, I still think, and that's a good point. Uh, whoever the one that they're talking about in the trailer apparently he's, he's evil which is interesting i also think it's a girl okay and that's an interesting prediction i you know who i want and i unreasonably but you know who i want who chris chris walken baby get him in there get christopher walken in there as an evil santa i believe he was in the i'm on board in the show already as another holiday character no you're thinking Martin christopher Short. walken yeah. yeah i thought he was in there yeah, martin short was was jack frost in the third one i believe I don't think Christopher Walken has been in any of the movies. And boy, if you want to get me to show up, Disney, that's the way. I mean, I feel like that's <laughs> a would, fun casting. I would watch the crap out of that. But I don't think it would make sense. Like, why would Tim Allen, who was trying to retire and pass the torch on to somebody who will, you know, be Santa. Yeah, he would go for someone younger, not someone who's 
is Christopher Walken older than Tim Allen or is he younger? I don't even oh, know. yeah, by a lot. I'm sure Chris Walken is older. I, let me, I, you know what? He's born celebrity, 1943. Celebrity ages always elude me. I can never tell. So Walken was born 1943 and Allen 53. So yeah, ten Christopher years. Walken is 10 years older. So that, you're right. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay. Well, what, let's, let's put our heads together. Let's do a brainstorm because so it, it, would, it needs to be someone who's younger than Tim Allen, who is currently 69 years old. So the bar, there's a lot, there's a lot of people to choose from, basically. I think for this, per, for the purposes of this, it needs to be someone who's evil or evil seeming. See, I disagree. I feel like in order for them to have tricked Tim Allen into passing it on, they have to be somebody who looks super innocent on the outside, but ends up being like deranged. Well, maybe not deranged. It's a kid's show after all. But like somebody who can pass as nice, but then is like secretly evil. All right. I got it. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that would actually no be one would ever, Please be No Keanu one would Reeves. ever consider him to be evil, right? And just be a kind old man and then suddenly stuff starts going wrong. Another one that I had, I just like Jake Gyllenhaal in anything. So that would, that wouldn't be, and Jake Gyllenhaal, we've seen, he has the ability to to play the villain, I think compellingly. I don't know if he has, I don't know if he's very Disney though. I don't know if either of those guys are very Disney. What do you mean? He was in Spider-Man. Of course he's Disney. But not like wholesome family Uh, Disney. He was, yeah, he was Marvel. I think that's, I think it's a different flavor. I don't know. I'm, I'm middling on this. I will say that the Christmas thing we're going to talk about later in the episode, we're going to make a Christmas sandwich where the Christmas things are the buns. So we're going to talk about it much later, but much more excited about the other thing than this one. But I think this one, like, again, I'm not here to slam on this. I don't think it looked terrible. I just felt increasingly like it was it was not for me. And also, like, I I would also say the idea of a Christmas show, that's uh, on a meta level. That's something that's I to me is is uncharted waters. Well, also, you have to make sure to, like, start it run it and finish it through the holiday season i feel like people would just be christmas out if it goes too long see i think it's it's good though like hawkeye did the same thing last year i was gonna say i know you guys watched hawkeye Hawkeye but hawkeye's level of christmas was akin to it was diehard level yeah but like it was still christmasy enough where i enjoyed watching it at the holidays and would consider like re-watching it because it was self-contained enough and Christmassy enough where like you could watch that during the holidays. But I don't think it would have worked if it was called like Hawkeye the Christmas Elf. Oh, no. Right. C- Christmas just happened to be occurring during the events of Hawkeye. I, I haven't seen it, but that's my understanding of it. Are you going to watch it this Much year? I feel like you got to watch it when the Christmas season rolls around. Like that and the other topic that we'll be talking about later. I feel like MCU Christmas stuff is actually great. Can I just also interject here? So I, I, I Googled tim allen to find out how old he is do you guys know what tim allen's real name is timothy it's tim is it not really tim allen well, is my life a lie it's timothy allen dick I'm, missed opportunity I'm very, just, tim dick amateur. can you imagine can you imagine like toy story starring, starring tom hanks and tim dick like that's just that just makes me that just makes me smile and yeah i guess i'm immature too but missed opportunity why would you change it tim dick it's memorable don't mind me anyways I'm just dying over here yeah you're just giggling I just like I, I wonder about the, the about a Christmas show because I don't know that we've seen a Christmas show before and especially the Santa Claus movies I guess the first one takes place essentially over the course of a year but in the second one in particular there's a running clock and it seems like in this one there's also going to be a running clock and a running clock occurring over however many episodes I think can be challenging to pull off and to me the reason there aren't Christmas shows is that Christmas is a self-contained event and as a result Christmas movies are self-contained events so I, I just I wonder about that I'm not saying it won't work but I'm a certain level of skeptical about it so I don't know prove me wrong the Santa Clauses 
movie. This comes out November 16th, 2022. Which I so, think tracks with regards to starting it, running it, and finishing it all within a reasonable holiday season. Yeah, I feel like they'll probably drop the first like two or three episodes because isn't that what Disney Plus does? They drop like two or three right off the bat and then they follow it up. And so I could see that being like an eight episode run for sure. I just need to make sure that I have sufficient hot cocoa stash. Right now... We have seasons or episode one and two coming out November 16th. Uh, this is all from Google, by the way. Episode three coming out the 23rd and episode four coming out the 30th. Those are the only ones that are listed here. I don't know if that means there's only four. I would think not, but I, I guess we'll see. So yeah, we will see. Until then, I want to know from our listeners. We want to know from our listeners. What are your thoughts on the Santa Clauses? Who do you want to be the bad the bad clause? Also, I think that's, a, that's an interesting question. Let us know at Online Warriors one on Twitter. Uh, and we all have our individual handles at OWW86, at OWTactic, at OWNerdBomber. We're also on Instagram, which I pretty much never shout out, but it's just Online Warriors Podcast, right? Yes, sir. So go check us out there. Let us know what you think. And now it's, it's business time. Let's get into some business. Bin it. Let's, let's, let's talk portfolios. The news dropped this week that DC has named two co-CEOs, or rather Warner Brothers has named two co-CEOs of dc studios which is replacing dc films we got james gunn and we got peter safran and now my level of context here is interestingly is guardians of the galaxy james gunn which he's still doing that by the way like i, I think this this presents an interesting i don't want to say conflict of interest but he is still on the hook to direct the project that we're about, going to talk about later and guardians of the galaxy volume three he james gunn that is is set to from what i've been told kind of move into the kevin feige role where he is the creative director and Peter Safran is more on the business end. Both of these guys in the DC context are the Suicide Squad guys and also Peacemaker. So having not seen either of those things, I'm going to turn it over to to you guys. Uh, I think in particular, I'll start with Technic. What are your thoughts on this choice? What are your thoughts on that potential conflict of interest? And do you think this is the right path forward for DC Studios? I don't think it's a conflict of interest. I think whatever creative direction he provides from one isn't going to necessarily inhibit the other. So I don't think there's really much to be said from that perspective. Well, also, I don't think like I think it's one of those things where he's obviously straddled the line between DC and Marvel. You know, like you said, he made Suicide Squad. He made Peacemaker, but he also worked on Guardians. And I think he's going to have to finish out his obligations with Marvel, obviously. But I think then moving forward... I don't think you'll see him doing anything with Marvel because he will have a direct interest in making sure DC is successful. I also, you know, I don't want to get too into the weeds on it, but lest we forget, James Gunn was at one point, and I, I hate using this word because I think it's an overused word, but effectively he was canceled at one point <laughs> and now he is essentially running or going to be running DC. I just think that's an interesting turnaround. Think, think whatever you want about it. Oh, we'd like to think he's grown as a person. So right, likewise. I you know another point of I think to note about this: the new Joker movie and the upcoming Batman movie, both will not be under this umbrella. Honestly, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't. I, I couldn't really say. I had middling feelings on Batman. So and I would also say middle, middling feelings on Joker. I think what we've seen with him and and why I think that's fine is tonally what his forte is is juggling humor with gravitas. Marvel in a lot of their films don't know how to do that well, but I think he does. And he's proven that in the Guardians of the Galaxy, in Peacemaker. And 
in the new Joker and the new Batman, we don't, we, it's just all gravitas. We don't want that humor. Right. So necessary. So I don't necessarily need, think that that's needed. So I think those will do fine on their own. I think where he needs to focus is what he's good at on these new upcoming films. I think specifically all of the flash type of content would just absolutely thrive under him because that is, that is quippy coupled with, with heavy. And I just think that that needs that direction. And then there's, there's so many other that aren't, you know, the, the standard Batman, Superman, blah, 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 because I don't think those have humor, but there's so many other tertiary characters that do have that lightheartedness because to me, and this is why I don't like the main Batman and I prefer the Robins and all the other one, and I, why I also don't like Superman, is because they seem too not human. Everybody has a light side, a dark side, a sad side, a happy side. There's so many more emotions and depth to normal people that I think we'll right. truly be able to see under his direction. Well, I think too, so he obviously... One of the, the struggles that DC has always had is that they don't really have a clear direction. I mean, you see, it f- kind of feels like everything is all over the place. There's like loose threads tying everything, but really nothing is tied together. And we talked about this a little bit last week about how that was kind of one of the things we enjoyed from the newer movies like Shazam was that because everything is kind of a mess in DC, it like stood by itself. And I think that what he's going to be able to do, hopefully, is he's going to be able to provide that overarching direction. And it sounds like they're going to commit to him for like a long period of time here and give him the opportunity to establish an interconnected world. And I think with your Batmans and Joker, like that's almost its own standalone world. And I think he'll be overseeing everything from my understanding of it. But like, that's not going to be part of an interconnected universe because it's almost like an offshoot. I don't want to call it like a multiverse thing, but it almost seems like it's happening in like a completely separate universe. Yes. So I I think a lot of good points are being made here. I I, want to push back, though, on one thing you said, Tectic, which is Marvel doesn't doesn't do like the balance of humor and gravitas very well. I think they used to. I think one of the reasons that they're not as good to me now is that they're failing a little bit more to, to do that than they than they used to in the past. What the Marvel struggle is right now is that you're getting into very heady topics, universes, like multiverses, they're quantum realms. And it's just, there is a lot of very highbrow stuff, like science fiction, fantasy sort of stuff going on. And because you have to explain all of that, like how these things are working and interconnected that you have less time to focus on the individual characters themselves. And I think that's why stuff like we just talked about Hawkeye, but I think one of the things that really made that shine in my opinion was that you didn't have all of the like multiverse stuff going on and you could just focus on the characters. And I think that's what like early Avengers did. Like, yeah, you had Thanos and stuff like that going on, but you still got a lot of focus on the characters being human as well. Yeah. So I don't think that's James Gunn specific. I think he just kind of brought that back into the forefront with Guardians because they were starting to slip into the very heady stuff when guardians kind of came out and and dc you know it it can only benefit from this move and and, you know i think a long time ago dc should have said hey we need someone we need our kevin feige we need someone who can kind of drive all this in an intelligent way and and with an eye on like you said kind of an overarching vision which i'm not sure that dc didn't have an overarching vision when it started but if they did have one it was just dark everything it was it, it was dark everything and it was we're going to cut right to the chase. We, we, we can see what Marvel is doing and it looks great and fun and also, you know, very commercially viable. 
So we're going to jump straight to the chase without developing characters first. And I've been saying that since Justice League, which I saw in theaters and I did not like. So like it just I think they can benefit from this step back and saying, okay, we're going to, you know, make a change to our model, do things a little bit differently, inject more humor and then kind of make things a little more well-rounded. I'm curious to see what they do next, but I, I think it can only go go up from here i think he's a, a, a fine choice and i mean if you look at his body of work even before guardians he has a lot of experience with a lot of different genres a lot of different budget levels and i think especially when you know you look at it's not just movies what dc is doing they like peacemaker which he obviously worked on was a right. really successful tv show i mean dc had the cw extended universe where everything was interconnected and i mean that's kind of obviously petered out now because most of those shows are over and ending but like if they want to establish multi-level things kind of like what the mcu is doing having somebody who knows how to work with different budgets different production levels i think will be kind of key because not everything can be a big blockbuster budget sort of thing for sure i think the other thing is in as much as I don't want DC, like, I don't want them to just, like, oh, we'll just do what Marvel did because I think that's what got them into some trouble in the first place. But with that said, James Gunn probably did and it, you know, it really should have learned a lot from his experience at Marvel working with someone like Kevin Feige, who, you know, Guardians was unique, but it was still something that I'm sure he had dire some direction from Kevin Feige on, or at least he had this idea, went to Kevin and Kevin said, yeah, this looks good. Maybe do this and that to connect it. I would hope he has takeaways from that that he can apply to, to DC because, you know, I, I want DC to succeed. As a nerd, at least, I want them to succeed. I'm not sure they've succeeded yet. Well, one of the things I always find really interesting, and I know it was on the CW and people have like a preconceived notion about what the CW was. And some of the shows did kind of jump the shark in their later seasons because I think they were just simply on too long. But when Marvel was still just doing interconnected movies before they really made the leap into TV shows, DC was actually doing a TV universe very, very well and successfully. The popularity of Arrow, The Flash. Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. All of those shows were interconnected and had a really great following. And that was something, too, where they often balanced heavier subjects with character development and funny moments and stuff like that and it's like they i think they needed to kind of draw on that experience they already had with the cw universe which again i know people have preconceived notions about cw in general just being like teen fodder but it was actually pretty good and if they can like if james gunn can bridge that and kind of tap into that experience as well i think that will be really good for the dc universe in general yeah it's it's definitely interesting that dc kind of turned things on its head in the sense of tv is it fair to say i mean it's, I, I shouldn't say it's where it started necessarily but it's definitely where they've seen the most success at least based on what i've heard from you guys about about that universe and so i agree that i think they need to take things movie wise in a direction similar to that now i would hope that they're smart enough to see that but i don't know i just don't want them cutting to the chase or trying to cut to the chase like they did last time time will tell for right now, we are going to head into our regularly scheduled break and come back to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. But before we do that, I would be remiss. It's it's great to be back. It's great to be able to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller, once again. Stephen has been on the show a handful of times now. He's had a great time here with us. 
playing the quiz games, getting in on these topics with us. At least I hope he's had a good time. He has, of course, also gotten this producer shout out every week and, of course, input into the game segment, including the ones that he plays in. So that's kind of an interesting leg up that he gets when he when he comes on. And of course, monthly access to the secret segment and vlog. There's also a, a lower level of Patreon support than that, which is the night level. Uh, the Squire level below that gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And the page level gets you access to the monthly secret segment. Details on any and all of these levels of support are found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Consider being like Steven. Consider being a knight. Consider giving back to the show, helping us keep this thing going on. Again, that's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven uh, for help supporting the show. We will take a short break now and come back to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Late at night on September 27th, 1977, three terrible things happened in the small town of Garrison. An infant was stolen from its crib, never to be seen again. A forest fire sparked just a mile down the road, and the first in a series of grisly murders rocked the town. All had one thing in common. They were perpetrated by what those in the town called the Shadow Man. I'm going to bring you along on my investigation into just who the Shadow Man is. Welcome to Strange Trails. I'm your host, Finn Mitchell. Okay, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. We just got a trailer for this in the past week, set to release on November 25th, 2022, directed by James Gunn, who we just talked about, and of course, featuring all of the original cast returning. And actually, interestingly, I saw I googled this to make sure I had the details about it in front of me. Zoe Saldana is listed in the cast, which I find interesting. Uh, it might be reasons. like flashbacks or Fl- something flashback like content. that. Yeah. I mean, the main story here. So I, first of all, I think this is great. And I kind of I kind of alluded to that before when we talked about the Santa Claus. I thought this looked a lot better. And I, you know, obviously watching these two things essentially back to back, I was inclined to juxtapose the two. There's an interesting history with holiday specials. In particular, what I'm referring to is the Star Wars holiday special, which is like this absurdly ridiculous but now kind of beloved thing. Have you guys ever watched the Star Wars holiday special? Or let me rephrase. Have you ever tried to watch the Star Wars holiday special? I can't. I say didn't that I even have. know there was one. I would encourage you this, this holiday season to watch it because it right, is, watch it when you watch Hawkeye. It's freaking insane. What, what I will tell you, I tried watching it once. There is an entire section and we're talking like two to three minutes. So I, I believe that the kind of premise of it is there's a what's called a life celebration on Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk being the home planet of the Wookiees. So it's very Wookiee centric. And there is a point where there is like an entire Wookiee conversation that takes place again over the course of like two to three minutes with no subtitles and like no one trans. Yeah. The Star Wars holiday special is one of the more surreal watches from what I can remember. And again, I didn't know why they don't have subtitles, right? It's intentional. It's because you should know what Le- they're saying. Leave the yeah. I, I don't know. I yeah, go learn Wookie. Come on. Side. What's your problem? But it, they had a lot of the original cast portrayed. I believe Mark Hamill is in it. I believe Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford are in it. So like it, it had a lot of you know the people in the movies were in it, and this is kind of a similar situation. I think the premise here with the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special with Kevin Bacon, you know the legend from Footloose, as they referred to in, in I think the past one or two Guardians movies, it's an amazing premise. I'm a big fan generally of 
people starring as themselves, especially in contexts like this. So I'm really excited for this. I, I, I think it, it's going to be a great one-off and I don't know. I'm, I'm into it. What, what you guys thoughts on guardians of the galaxy holiday special? Not only do I enjoy when actors play themselves, but I always enjoy when you get a taste of sort of the real world that is surrounded by what is the veil of superheroes that I always just find to be just this fantastic concept, right? Because you have these larger-than-life villains that are blowing everything up, but you tend to forget that there's, like, real life happening in the background of all of this. And to get a glimpse of it, it's just always hilarious to me. Because you know Kevin Bacon knows the Guardians exist. He has to, right? After the snap, the, right. the entirety of the Avengers cast was revealed to the public. So... He, it can't right. be this thing like, oh, I'm afraid of you because I don't know what you are. He has to know. So the running was a little confusing to me, but it might have been under the premise of we're going to kidnap you as a gift. So yeah, maybe, I think that's more so what it was. Maybe that was it. But overall, because of that whole concept, I'm just absolutely excited about this. Yeah, this just looks super fun to me. Like, I, I feel like I don't have that much to say besides it looks super fun. I feel like this is the sort of stuff that I love to see coming out of like what we could get from disney plus in my opinion like this i guess this is what i thought we would get more of and i understand that a lot of the shows and movies and stuff they're putting on disney plus are laying the groundwork for the next you know big phases in marvel but like this is the kind of content that i was hoping to get so i'm really happy that we're finally getting stuff like this and i think the reason for that is probably that this it's a one-off that has less staying power than than a new show right they're very focused on the shows right now and this this is more of a one-off thing but i i think one of the things that i really appreciate about this to me the least interesting guardian is chris pratt star lord i i don't find the character all that compelling a lot of the time he's going through something in this i suspect and what it looks like this is going to be is similar to when a female character gets fridged which typically is a bad thing but i'm all for chris pratt being kind of fridged in this movie and just like not really being a factor for a lot of it i am all in on dave batista and pom clementif mantis and, and drax the destroyer being front and center because i think drax is the funniest guardian i think he's the most interesting and it looks like they're going to be driving a lot of this so very on board with that also i really hope that there is at least one if not multiple christmas tree comments with Groot like if they don't make that joke missed opportunities like someone's got to try to put horrified at the whole idea of live trees (laughs) i guarantee you it's coming he's gonna have ornaments hanging off himself at one point there's there's zero doubt yeah i I guess we don't need to necessarily dwell on this other than just saying yes (laughs) to to this i would agree that I, i think more things like this should happen this may be a test balloon you know if this does well more things like this may If that's the case, please, everybody watch this. Even if it turns out to be bad, which I don't think it will, please just watch this so we get more like weird one-off, like fun side adventures. Because that's kind of what I want to see. That's what I was, like I said, I was hoping from Disney Plus we would get like the side adventures of all of your main heroes and stuff. And like I said, I do appreciate having to build a foundation and all of the, the new characters and stuff that we're getting in the tv shows as is now but like i want to see like the weird quirky day-to-day stuff when they're not you know out fighting big bads like i want an hour-long weird feature film about like what i don't even know what captain america well maybe not him because i don't really like him but like what any of the other main characters like what is hulk doing for christmas you know like give me a weird one-off i want to know so november 25th 2022 you can consider this a call to action Go watch this when it comes out so we can make more of these things happen. Yeah, let's get into what are you up to Wednesday? 
I I feel having been gone for a bit, I'm going to I'm going to take the reins here. I want to tell I, w- I want to shout out one place that I went in in Los Angeles that actually is in a lot of cities in America that I've always wanted to go to one of these places, never been to one. It was everything I dreamed. I went to an Alamo Draft House for the first time. Are you guys familiar with Alamo Draft House? No, what is that? Is it a draft so, house? Alamo Draft House is a movie theater. It is different than any movie theater you've ever been to. They are a national chain, like I said, I probably ten between ten and twenty cities they have Alamo draft houses. You they're they're all recliner seats, which that these days is not altogether remarkable. But you go, you get into your seat, and you there's a menu there. And you uh, essentially they give you this little card you write down what you want it's a full menu with like burgers and like i got a, i got a soft pretzel like a lot of hot food uh, salads any anything you, like it's like a full restaurant menu essentially sit down restaurant menu signature cocktails and of course beer because it's a draft house and they serve you during the movie it's all very carefully crafted and curated so like the servers don't get in your way i saw a movie called ticket to paradise which was not that good to be honest with you but the experience was phenomenal and also the place itself like just the the i'll see if i can post a picture on my twitter the vibe of an alamo draft house is kind of like an old school movie theater and it's just very very cool so i wanted to shout that out again really, it sounds really efficient good, but it's not dinner than a movie it's dinner and a movie right it's just man i can't say enough positive things it's also like i think it was a very positive experience in that it feels like a movie theater chain that is curated to film nerds like myself you weren't being advertised to so if you if if you go to a cinemark or an amc or regal theaters or any of those big chains before the movie starts you're going to see an advertisement saying uh, like the nicole kidman thing before amc movies where she's like i love amc i go here all the time i love movies it's like yeah we know we're here like you don't need to market to us to get us to come here we're we're already here you get all the advertisements for like oh pour yourself a nice frosted glass of coke and like buy our popcorn there's none of that at alamo draft house alamo draft house is like before the movie there's not even you know how you go to a movie theater and you walk in and you're like if you're like 10 minutes earlier they're like they're advertising other movies that are coming out or things like that no what alamo draft house does or at least what the one i went to does is they play old music videos from like the 70s that's kind of neat i like that it's you're not being pandered to or marketed to and it's palpable and it makes the whole experience feel a lot better. So if ever you're in a city that has an Alamo draft, I know Chicago has one. I'm like multiple places in Texas do. Um, and again, they're kind of scattered all over the place. If you get a chance to go to one, I strongly, strongly encourage you to go to one. Cocktail I had was great. I had a beer that was really good. Soft pretzel was amazing. So yeah, food, food and beverage experience was pretty good. And again, the movie itself wasn't good, but the experience was really, really good. So I wanted to shout that out. The other thing that I, I did was I had... It may be a little overdramatic to say it was a near-death experience, but there is a famous highway in Los Angeles County called the Angeles Crest Highway. So basically what this is, is you drive, It's I think it's like 50, a 50-mile 50 stretch between Los Angeles and like getting up north towards like Palmdale and stuff. You can, you can Google Maps this if you want. And it's all curvy mountain roads. So you're essentially driving along the side of a mountain, going around a lot of like S-curves and hairpin turns and stuff. And the views are amazing. That's like the whole, there's like turnoffs, like every other turn. So you can kind of park your car and get out and take a bunch of pictures, which I did. And I'm not great with heights. So I'm white knuckling it when I start. And it was like a little tense. Then something happened that I did not anticipate. So I, I, I planned this out so that I was driving it at the golden hour because I wanted some cool sunset photos. Again, I got a couple. I'll post them on, on Twitter. Then some fog rolled in, in California. Let me just, I, I feel like that's, I need to emphasize that. This is California. They have droughts all the time. It like never rains 
it was cold enough, I guess, that sea fog rolled in and kind of coated the mountains. So I'll post another photo of my visibility on this drive. We're talking 10 feet in front of my car. You cannot see. And these are S-curve mountain roads. It was, guys, it was so scary. <laughs> like, I, I feel like the way I'm telling the story doesn't necessarily do it justice, but it was the scariest driving experience I've had. I would recommend the Angeles Crest Highway if you're a thrill seeker. So those were, those were two of the things I did on my trip. I'm happy to be back. And uh, later today, I'm going to be binging like an entire season of Love is Blind. So more on that next week. With that, I will turn it over to Nerd Bomber. What have you been up to? So we did go out for Halloween. We had a fun couple's costume. Ratatouille and Remy. And I think it was a lot of fun. I'll let Tectic speak to his costume a little bit because I know he was very proud of a specific touch that he added for when I was not around. Tectic, do you want to jump to credit for your fun? I do. So we had said early on, we're going to keep it simple. We're just going to buy some stuff and slap it together. Nothing complicated or anything like that. So she got mouse ears, a t-shirt with a little like mouse belly on it and a tail. And then she just kind of put a little ink on her nose to have the little mouse nose. And I bought a chef's hat and a chef coat. Very simple. But while I was in the shower, not like right before we were about to leave to to go to our party, I said, you know, this is this just isn't my style. I, I need to do something a little bit extra because, you know, if she disappears, well, then I'm just a chef. Like, like what, what do I do there? So very quickly, I slapped together some super bright white LEDs, stuck them on a cardboard cutout of Remy, and then wired in a little switch and battery, and then shoved that in my in my costume such that when she disappeared, I'd turn on the switch, and then I'd have a little Remy silhouette in my person so that it would look like Specifically she, his breast pocket. It was, yeah. I, I didn't specify because it was intended to be in the hat, but the, the, the folds in the hat made it tough to see the silhouette, whereas in my breast pocket, it pressed nice up against the cardboard so you can get a really clean, clean crisp silhouette. And let me tell you, as simple as this was to slap together, it was a hit at the party. Everyone was like, wow, that's just like such a cool little detail. So very happy about that. So yeah, we did that. That was a lot of fun. Had lots of like fun drinks and stuff like that. Good times. Yeah, you had a lot of fun drinks. That's for sure. We also, though, started watching Reboot on Hulu, and this is the show that I feel like a lot of people have been talking about it and telling me that it's good and that I should watch it. And the concept is kind of, you know, there's so many reboots out there in the world, and it's following behind the scenes of a reboot of an old sitcom from like the late 80s, 90s, and they're bringing back the original cast members, but the writers are trying to kind of like turn it on its head and make it a little bit more real and not just so like fake sitcom funny. And so far, it's pretty good. It's I'm finding it pretty funny. I like um, Rachel Bloom is one of the people in the show, and I always find her funny. I, I loved Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I thought Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was great. So it, there's a lot of famous people in the cast. Uh, there's Johnny Knoxville, there's Keegan-Michael Key, there's other people whose names I can't remember off the top of my head, but so far I think we're like four or five episodes in and I'm finding it pretty entertaining, so probably hear more for, about that as we're working through the rest of the episodes. 
And then I also have gotten like weirdly back into Rocket League. And I know I said I was going to play a Plague Tale, but you know, Rocket League is just like mindless fun. And it feels like, especially now that it's like fall and it's getting dark early, like when I'm home at the end of the workday, I'm just tired. So I throw on some Taylor Swift Midnights because, you know, that came out last week too. Play Rocket League and have a good time with it. And I'm not good. We need to start sponsoring this show. Rocket League? how much you've talked about Rocket League... (laughs) We need to we need to reach out to them and be like, hey, we your biggest fan is one of the hosts of our podcast. <laughs> Dude, I'm not joking. So I was talking to somebody, I think, about like what games that I had been playing because they didn't know that I played video games. And I think I, I went over to True Achievements and I figured that was the easiest way for them to see like the list of everything that I've been playing. And it tells you, you know, how much time you've spent in games. Cause I think starting with the Xbox one, Xbox actually tracked like how much time you spent in games and the amount of time that I've spent playing rocket league in my life is absurd. I think it's like upwards of 275 hours at this point, And the number only keeps growing. Ironically, I'm not very good at it. Like I feel like I take enough breaks in between, like I'll go hard for like a month or so. And then I'll take like a six month break and I come back and like I'm basically driving blind. Yeah, I have no touch at all. So I'm not good at it for the amount of time that I've spent playing. But it's one of those games that like you can put music on and you can just jam and you don't have to think about anything. And like, especially coming off The Last of Us, that was such a heavy story that like, I didn't I like, I don't know, I couldn't take another heavy story right away. I needed a little bit of a break. I thought I'd be able to jump right into a plague tale, but I think I just needed like a decompression moment. So Rocket League is my decompression moment. And that is what I've been You heard that, Rocket League. Go ahead, sponsor us, please. Yes, please, seriously, though. Tactic. So. How's life? Yeah, I've been watching Reboot with her. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention, in addition to the Halloween costume and Reboot, is I am still chugging through Breath of the Wild. I I said it last time. This game is just, like, relentless. They basically don't want you to figure things out on yourself. They want you to have to Google everything in order to, like, do it logically. So, for example... That's not fun. No. For example, you have to capture these four giant beasts, which are like these robotic things, if you're not familiar, and each one is in its own terrain. And so the next one's in like this volcanic area. And when you get closer towards the heart of the volcano, all of your wooden weapons, your clothes, yourself just burst into flames and you're just depleting hearts incredibly fast and you're just constantly like healing as you're traveling and it's just a pain in the neck and the only way to like stop this from happening is to buy specific armor that's in the heart of the town but like you know it intuitively you'd go oh maybe my character's not ready to go into this area maybe i, I get something else that'll let me go into this town no that something else is in the heart of the town you just have to be so sadistic that you're just going to keep burning your flesh until you get into the heart and get that armor and i wouldn't have known unless i googled it and it's just that kind of like that kind of gameplay man it's just relentless just give me a break let me find like a weary traveler that's like hey you're gonna get burned but keep traveling because there's armor there you know let, let me get those hints in game so i don't feel the need to google a good game should give you the tools to... Or at least the hints. Assess, so that, assess how to do something. At right? least the hints so be... that you don't travel. And then what if the armor wasn't there? You know, then I'm just like, well, gotta right. gotta go all the way back. And oops, I'm out of potions. So I'm screwed and keep dying and respawning. Right. So I'm sorry to hear you're going through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gets better the stronger I get. But it's just these little subtle things where like, I don't... I can't envision a little kid ever playing this. Like, it's just relentless. Well, hang in there, man. 
we're all we're all thinking about you. I'm gonna finish it. So we you have, have a quiz for us. Yeah. So we have right? a quiz today. Yep. And the topic is Spotify. So we're gonna do prices right style, and we're gonna get we're gonna let Illegal first to give him a little bit of an advantage, so that we can kind of pull him out of this hole. Maybe there's not much time in the year left. Let me provide a record update also. So. so I don't know if you guys did any quiz related. I don't know if you could do any quiz related stuff. No, we did not. I was gone. Uh, so we have Tactic at 12 and 10, King of the Castle. Nerd Bomber 11 and 9. I am at 9 and 16. Steven is at is at 2 and 1. So I will take first ups as, or no, I will take last ups as an advantage, right? Last ups is what gives me an advantage. Okay, so then Nerd Bomber will go first. <laughs> You're right. You try, you try to trick me. With that, work. when was Spotify founded? I think this was like 2011. I feel like I, I am living this real time. It's earlier than that, and I I think it's going to be surprisingly early. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the field. I'm just gonna say the dawn of time zero zero BC. I really like it when you say Jesus times. I wish you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna say zero Jesus times. So illegal is absolutely correct. When Jesus was resurrected, he had his Beats headphones on and was True. bopping to Spotify. Actually correct. That's correct. This was actually founded April 23rd, 2006 in Stockholm, Sweden. So I want to give credit where credit's due. Jesus Times is actually a nerd bomber invention, I believe. I, think I believe be. she was the first person. She's the first person to say it. And then I was like, when I didn't was know, Jesus Times I founded? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm on the board. Good start. What is Spotify's net worth is the next question. See, this is tough because with companies like Spotify and Netflix, I, I guess Spotify, like they have like membership fees, but like I don't on a fundamental level understand how they make any money. I'm going to say $430 million. I feel like it's got to be more. I feel like Spotify is like the top streaming platform. This could be wrong. But how? But like, I feel like, it like is, that's just, I just, well, I can yeah, see how they make money. So like, obviously, yeah, they have to pay out the people who have their music and stuff on the platform, but they do have subscription fees and almost everyone I know is an actual subscriber. Plus, I think they get money from like advertisements and stuff. Like every time you boot up Spotify at the yeah. top of the, the like home screen, there's always advertisements for like new albums and stuff. And I feel like they got to make money off that. So, but they're probably not in the billion dollar club. I don't want to plus one you though either uh what's far enough away 600 million i guess you had sufficient margin to go higher but you did get this one it's 15.71 billion yeah yeah that's see i don't I, but like i don't get that i think like it's a it's a it's thinks, a function what? of their their stock price multiplied by the amount of shares and then some other factors rolled in is how you determine their value. but are they being like is it like because i think netflix was a situation where like it it isn't profitable yet but like they're propped up by investors, essentially. I think this might be a similar situation. In any case, I'm not bitter because I don't understand anything about Wall Street. So, so take your point. So the most streamed song on Spotify is Ed Sheeran's "The Shape of You." How really? many? Yes. How many streams has it had? Yeah, there's there's only so I know it's over a billion because there's only a handful that have over a billion. I think I, I go first. A play, a playlist. So you're you're giving me. You're giving me tips. Okay, I'll get. I'll, I'll give you that information. That's fine. I do know though it's over a billion because I know there's other songs that Cause I heard it somewhere. Well, no, no, no. Because <laughs> yeah, there was the, other artists, other artists that I've listened to have songs that are over a billion, and I don't think they're on the level of Ed Sheeran. I feel like it's something absurd though. I feel like it's like two hundred billion, maybe more, but that's what I'm going to go with. Way less than that. Is there a rule for me saying one 
like multiple times because I essentially did that with the first question. Uh, I thought you could only do, do you can only do one once and you can only plus one once. Okay, that's fine. A, a billion because I know it's over a billion, but I know it's less than what you said. So illegal takes this one. It is three point two seven four billion. That doesn't feel like enough. Two hundred billion is you know like how much one billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> if everyone on Earth listened to the song like a hundred times or something, like more than that, it's like it's. So the sun is setting on Nerd Bomber. Better uh, get your stuff together. It's two to one. I have time. Relax. No, I was, I was going to say, it's, it's it's pretty close at this point. What is the average payout the rights holders of songs receive per play? 0.9 cents. No, 0.09 cents. I'm going to go zero because I feel like it's less than that even. Nerd Bomber gets this one. We are all tied up. It is... Sunsetting my ass. Rights holders received an average per play payout between 0.00... 0029 and 0.0084. <laughs> it's stupid low. Okay, so the the answer of how Spotify is making so much money is becoming a little bit clearer to me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Two so, to two. Tied up. So last one. I've been on Spotify for over 10 years now. Oh, is this like a tech personal? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I love this. I love this. How many playlists have I curated? <laughs> this is I- an all-time question, by the way. Are you counting your liked songs? Because that's not technically a playlist that you curate. That's technically My liked like... songs is a playlist I am counting. Okay. I agree. I don't think you should be counting that, but you counted it, so it's fine. I cannot count it and just subtract it. Yeah, just minus one. Yeah. Right? That's, All right. <laughs> that. Excluding the math liked songs. super complex. Okay. Okay. It's like a stupid low amount. I was just actually looking at this the other day. No, you weren't. You were looking at my like... That's, my... that's cheating. No, I but, was. Okay. I also looked at yours illegal. So, uh, eight... I mean, I have to do strategy and just say nine. This feels unfair. Did I get it right on the money? <laughs> just kidding. You both busted. If I left the light songs, it would have been eight. But since seven. since I got oh, rid of seven. Them, seven. Okay, so we're in tiebreaker time. We're doing Shexton's, right? In other words, you should have kept your mouth lights. shut. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, we were actually, we were talking about this while Tectic comes up with his tiebreaker question here. I'll let you in on what we talked about pre-show. So I am somebody who has excessive amounts of playlists. I make a new one every month. Well, not every month, every season of every year. And even then, like in my Spotify playlist, I have folders, like Time Machine, with all the years and stuff and whatnot. And when you're doing that, so like I have collaborative playlists with both Illegal and Tactic. And so every now and then I was just being a creep. I was like, am I excessive? Do I have way too many playlists? So I clicked on your profiles and I did determine that I am a creep with a lot of prof- or a lot of playlists compared to both of you because like it tells you how many playlists the people have i i don't i don't know how many i have off the top of my head but i imagine it's probably on the order of 30 i think it was somewhere in like the 40s but i don't know okay yeah it seems reasonable so the reason why i have so few playlists is because i generally listen to music when i'm driving and to if i like a song to allocate it to a specific playlist it's like you're Putzing with your phone you're while driving. you're driving. It's, it's not a safe yeah. situation. So what I do is I just simply add them to my liked songs. And so over time, I'll purge songs that I just do not like anymore. And it's just this ever-evolving playlist, right? So with that said, and this is going to be a text in, how many songs are currently in my liked songs playlist? My answer is in. So you both busted. <laughs> do you not oh, like geez. a lot of songs? Illegal had 333, Nerd Bomber had 
1783. Dude, I, you don't okay. like that many songs? What? I remove Nerd Bomber, songs. You, you, it's in every Nerd Bomber, you do place. not understand. You you are a heavy Spotify user. I essentially, because I, I texted my answer and then I went and looked at mine. I actually, without knowing it, guessed almost exactly the number that's in mine, which is 328. A thousand in the like songs, I think, is insane. But maybe, I don't know. I have 2,026. Maybe me and Tech are just minimal users. See, I what I use the like songs thing for is so when you like a song spotify will add that and like use that in your algorithm when it's like your discover weekly or your release radar so i don't ever really listen to my like songs playlist but i use the like feature to help influence my algorithm that is what that's for we're really turning the screws on tactic here he's frantically looking for another another question tactic if we both both bust on this one just tell us to guess again and that's a reasonable strategy. Also illegal. You have 73 playlists. 73? Okay, it's a lot more than I thought. Okay, fair enough. All right, this is not a sales pitch, but uh, after two busts, this is what I can come up with. So the most expensive Spotify plan is the premium family option. How much does it cost a month? And this is also text in. My answer's in. So Nerd Bomber takes it home. It is actually crap. $15.99 a month. She guessed $14.99. An illegal has no concept of money. Guessed $39.99. Cheapest. Okay. What? Here's what I, well, here's How what I don't get. How expensive do you okay? think it is? I pay $10 a month for Spotify as a single user. Do you and Hayes not do the family? Like there's a duo family no. plan. No. So Does she not I guess use that's Spotify? a mistake on my part. She uses Spotify. But you like, guys should combine because it's like very cheap if you have two people on one plan and you get your own account how, still. How many people are in the average family? And if it's $10 per person, like I guess I was still wrong with 40. I should have guessed like 30, but like still that's that's crazy. Good for you, Spotify. That's a bargain in my in my book. Yeah, I know this is or an I ad, but like money. I don't know. illegal you and Hayes need to combine into a duo plan. Just saying. You'll save money. I'll slap it on the old to-do list. In, in the meantime, Nerd Bomber moves to 12 and 9. So she is now atop the leaderboard. I moved to nine and seventeen. So I mean, look, it's it's basically over. But it's I'm gonna I'm gonna you know sprint the last hundred here. I'm gonna play things out. I do have uh, an Nerd idea Bomber. for what you can yeah, do as go. a loser, by the way. So you sing beautifully. I want you to record yourself making lyrics to our online warriors theme song and singing oh, it for us. Uh, punishment fits the crime. I would say so. I I think I'm gonna. I think I'll start thinking about that because I think I'm I'm going to lose. Nerdbomber, you will be hosting next week. I will be trying to beat Technic and probably failing the way things tend to go these days. We thank you all for joining us for the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Thank our producers once again. Twitter handles mentioned previously in the episode. If you want to chat with us in another way, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. Let us know if you like the show. Whether it was your first time listening or you've been a long time listener, we love to hear from folks. So with that said, I will sign off here and take things over to Tech Dick to take us out with a tech tip. It is currently hip to be crafty. So like, don't buy anything. Make it. Just make it. Have fun and make it. Make it, folks. We'll see you next week.